0: In my view, what is needed for coming and future retirees is a comprehensive facelift of the existing policy rather than a continuous series of band-aids that are being applied. And Let me give you some ideas what those band-aids look like. First off, we create incentives for lower-income individuals to save for retirement, where the income thresholds for these benefits are in reality below the poverty levels for most areas of the country. And in reality, people that are struggling just to make ends meet can't put away money for saving. So the lower end of the spectrum is really at a disadvantage. Welcome to the Financial Verse podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. This podcast is dedicated to improving your financial wellness. Our focus is to educate and inform about all aspects of money. We seek to reduce the financial anxiety, stress, and drama you face daily dealing with money. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Financial Verse Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. In this episode, we're going to talk about how America's retirement income policy is showing its age. It needs a facelift. And these are some comments that I've given nationally and written about nationally that I wanted to share with you. What we're going to see is that many of the policies that have been put in place in our country, they need to be updated or in fact completely revised. I'll share with you my thoughts on this important subject and point out why it's important to you. So let's begin. In 2024, we're going to reach what is called peak 65 in our country. And that means the largest number of people turning age 65 in one year And with that happening, what we're going to find is America's patchwork retirement income policy is showing its age. We're going to see that the impact of decisions that have been made, policies that have been implemented, and how this policy has lived its life over the last 30 years, what it's done is created a lot of wrinkles. And those wrinkles are becoming more and more obvious. If you will, let me describe to you how obvious they are and how visible they are. First, we're seeing fewer and fewer workers covered by defined benefit pension plans. Pension plans are slowly going away for the younger ages almost completely. We're also seeing inadequate levels of retirement income that are being generated by 401k plans. People are starting to get their first statements from their 401k plans that show how much income their savings will generate, and I think they're a little shocked. We're also seeing pressure on the financial strength of the Social Security Retirement Benefit as the number of workers supporting the program declines. So that's significant. We're also seeing low levels of retirement savings by households. In fact, uh, most households have less than $100,000 saved for retirement. At the same time, households are needing to plan to pay for essential living expenses for ever-lengthening life expectancies. And, and these include a lot of, if you will, a, a large amount of future medical expenses. And then lastly, we, if you look across the universe of people's savings, people really haven't saved, nor have they purchased insurance coverage for long-term care. And what we're seeing in our country is about 70% of people are going to have a long-term care event of some sort. So what is becoming obvious for all to see is the existing governmental policies that have been put in place are not producing a satisfactory retirement income outcome for Americans. At the end of the day, you would hope that the policy that's in place is going to produce incomes for people that they can live on when they stop working and live comfortably. And this is now visible as more and more individuals retire without any source of protected lifetime income other than their Social Security retirement benefit. In fact, we are heading to a retirement crisis as more and more individuals are solely relying on Social Security for the bulk of their retirement income. And they're starting to realize that they're not going to be able to sustain even the most basic of lifestyles in their older age with simply the receipt of Social Security. So in my view, our retirement income policy needs a rather dramatic facelift. So let's look back a little bit. Over the last 30 years, a series of government decisions have been made that has created a system that is fundamentally based on the individuals saving money for themselves through defined contribution retirement plans, like 401ks, and some incentives for private savings. Now, these policies were implemented during a period of time when there's been really no wage growth for workers, and at the same time, ever-increasing living expenses. So if incomes are not going up, and expenses are, you found that people just don't have the ability, they have limited private savings to put away for their later years. When I look at this, unfortunately, I don't see any available quick fix. And there's no easy way to make these wrinkles disappear. In my view, what is needed for coming in future retirees is a comprehensive facelift of the existing policy rather than a continuous series of band-aids that are being applied. And let me give you some ideas what those band-aids look like. First off, we create incentives for lower income individuals to save for retirement, where the income thresholds for these benefits are in reality below the poverty levels for most areas of the country. And in reality, people that are struggling just to make ends meet can't put away money for saving. So the lower end of the spectrum is really at a disadvantage. At the same time, we increase thresholds for qualified plan contributions at rates of inflation rather than increasing them to reflect the existing deficit that individuals have in their retirement savings. And what I mean by that is you can pay about Put away about $20,000 a year in your 401k plan and the government says that's a great limit, but in reality we should really let individuals maybe put thirty fifty thousand dollars dollars away to provide the level of income that they're going to need in retirement because interest rates are low and they have no other uh, benefits coming to them. At the same time, we ought to look at postponing. We go through in our legislation and we typically postpone what are called required minimum distributions for individuals but that postponement really just benefits higher income individuals who already have large retirement plans. So that that doesn't make any sense to me. And at the same time, we're creating regulations that lessen an individual's ability to access financial advice and product solutions. So we're making these policy decisions. Many of them look okay individually, but when you add them all up, they really have a negative impact on the ability to save, accumulate money and generate retirement income. So if we were to do a facelift and I'm not a plastic surgeon, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn last night to do so, what would a facelift look like? So first off, I think we should focus on creating better income outcomes by targeting policy decisions that are aimed at creating a livable, protected lifetime income level for an individual so that seniors can retire, if you will, with a reasonable lifestyle. And now, if we did this, it would likely result in higher contribution limits for most all plans. Given today's, again, low expected investment returns, higher savings levels are needed. And I've talked about this in our episodes and in my blog posts. We also need to solidify the existing tax benefits that are out there for the middle class And those benefits relate to the the tax advantages of life insurance, annuities, and qualified plans. And we should promote them more and more. So many folks don't know what they have available for them to use. They don't know what's in their toolbox. I call this, let's save what is good. Let's save what is good initiative. Let's promote people. Tell them, here are the benefits that are out there. Are you using them? Because most people aren't. We also need to work to remove the government from the role as being our longevity insurer of last result by emphasizing private sector solutions. Right now the government's stepping in to put cash where cash is needed if there's a really bad situation. An example would be the underfunded retirement plans that are out there and the government started to put in money. In fact, I think they put in $80 billion to prop up the multi-employer plans In the American Rescue Plan. I think this finger in the dike approach will likely continue unless we have a different focus. We focus on helping people retire comfortably. We also need to provide refundable tax incentives for households to obtain retirement planning advice. Less than a third of Americans have a retirement plan. If they had one, their thinking would likely change as their awareness will improve. We also need to incent actions to fully fund the plans that are out there. So many of the corporate plans that are out there aren't properly funded, and we ought, the government ought to take actions to make sure that this funding takes place and that they're incenting companies to fund the retirements of their workers, because if not, the government looks like it's going to end up paying for a lot of that shortfall, if you will, or individuals are gonna end up with a benefit much less than they thought. Now, the next item that needs to be addressed, we need to realistically reform Social Security to recognize the need for funding promise benefits, while at the same time, we're gonna to have to provide higher levels of benefits for low-wage workers. Now, this is going to impact the coming cohort of lower-wage retirees, that are near collecting benefits, and they have no time to save for retirement. So what I see over the next decade is the government gradually increasing the minimum social security benefit so that people have at least reasonable cash to pay their bills. Another action that needs to be taken is, again, we need to lobby our congressmen hard to protect the tax benefits that the middle class has. And um, these are the tax advantages of life insurance annuities and qualified savings plans. We don't wanna see those go away. We wanna find ways to educate people about how to use these benefits better to grow their accumulated assets. And you know, there are other things we could do too that would be creative. In light of the efforts to fund carbon saving initiatives and rebuild our infrastructure, maybe there are ways for the government to create green bonds, or that would possibly be tax advantaged so that individuals could invest in them and then use the income from those bonds to support their retirement lifestyle. Could be a twofer, help the environment and help retirement income. Now, we've got to take some time to iron out the wrinkles, you know, each of us, as we look in the mirror each morning and we see the results of how we've lived our lives, maybe we've spent too much time in the sun, maybe we've been a smoker, maybe our eating habits haven't been healthy, and you can see that in your faces, you know, you can see it in your face when you get up in the morning and you know it. The same is happening with respect to the U.S. retirement income policy, the existing patchwork system is producing a significant number of unnecessary wrinkles and, in my view, is not delivering satisfactory retirement income for most Americans. Again, we can do much better. We're we're a very intelligent and creative and innovative country. We can do better. So this is something for you to think about. If you look at it, I think this is going to take leadership, compromise, and above all else, a focus on outcomes. There's no sense having a retirement income policy that doesn't produce a satisfactory level of income for people who are retiring. You know, people work all their lives. They deserve to have a reasonable retirement free of significant financial worry. So those are my hallucinations for today. Uh, Again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to our next session together. Thanks for listening today. The Financial Verse Podcast is brought to you by Better Wealth. Better Wealth's mission is to unlock intentional living by helping you better manage your money. To find out more, go to betterwealth.com. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us on your podcast service and forward today's program to your family and friends. We would really appreciate it. To learn more about the Financial Verse, please visit financialverse.com.